Well, good morning, everyone. So glad that you're joining us. I want to welcome you from wherever you are today. So good to be in worship with you. Did you know today is Ascension Sunday? Ascension Sunday. The thing I love about this day is uh, there's like no hoopla around this day in our world. Most people don't even know that, that, that today is that day. Ascension Day is 40 days after Easter. It's the day when we remember Jesus has, you know, he's died, he's been buried, he rose again, and then 40 days later is ascended to heaven. Now, technically, Ascension Day was Thursday, but often it is celebrated the Sunday after uh, the day. So technically it was this past Thursday, but most people on Thursday didn't even realize it was Ascension Day. And I would say Ascension Day is kind of like the perfect church holiday in a way, because uh, nothing in our culture steals it away. Like, Christ like Christmas and Easter, um, even as a pastor, I have to sort of... Um, fight the tendency for our consumeristic culture to take it over. But Ascension Day is like the perfect church holiday because uh, nobody recognizes it. It doesn't have um, the same sort of fanfare that other holidays do in our world. Our culture doesn't really have the foggiest notion what to do with somebody like, you know, flying out of this world as Christ did on Ascension Day. Now, our scripture for today comes from Luke 24, when we read this. Jesus said, I am sending my father's promise to you. Stay in the city until you receive it, until power from heaven comes upon you. Then he leads them out to Bethany. He lifts up his hands and blesses them, and at that moment, with his hands raised in blessing, he leaves them and is carried up into heaven. They worship him. Then they return to Jerusalem, filled with intense joy, and they return again and again to the temple to celebrate God. It's the day when Jesus leaves this earth and goes home, home to heaven. It is amazing to me what a little four-letter word like home can conjure up inside of us. If you grew up in a place that was truly home, then you know what I mean. You remember that place, perhaps with like deep affection, maybe even longing. You want to be there again, even just for a little while. You know kind of the lay of the land there. You know the inside jokes there. You know the habits of the people who live there. It's home. And you know, on the flip side, if you grew up in a place that was not home, was not safe, was maybe hostile or mean, or where there was not a context of love, or it was erratic and inconsistent, you also know what I mean by home. Because in not having it, perhaps you longed for it even more. You didn't have it and always wanted it. Recently, my daughter 
wanted to see the movie The Wizard of Oz. And so we snuggled up in the bed together one night and we watched The Wizard of Oz. And now she's like totally obsessed and wants to keep watching The Wizard of Oz. And that is such a classic movie. Probably the most well-known line from that movie is when Dorothy says, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Now, for many of you, you're thinking, having been stuck at home, I'd like to be anywhere but home right about now. And yet still, there is something in us that longs for this intangible sense of home. We long for it. We want it. A couple weeks ago, I was watching that old movie. You probably think right now all she does is watch movies. (laughs) But I was watching that old movie, Sweet Home Alabama, with Reese Witherspoon. I have seen that movie before. I totally know the story. But I found myself getting a little choked up for some reason. And whenever emotion comes like that, I'm kind of curious about it. Like, what's that all about? And, of course, that story is about a woman who's from a small town who moves to the big city. And she has this complicated relationship with home. Because there's a part of her that is at home in both these places. Now, of course, there's many ways that we leave home. Sometimes we leave home physically, you know, we move away. Other times we leave home ideologically, relationally, religiously. There's many different ways that we leave home. Many of the stories that we love are about having home or seeking home or leaving home or complicated relationship with home. There is this mysterious longing and like restlessness for home that we carry within us even when we're already home in a sense. I know for Tim and I, we both are from Wisconsin. That is our roots. And every summer we go back to Wisconsin, and when we're in Wisconsin, we always go up north to the lake, and we do all the things up north that we have been doing our entire lives on the lake, and it's interesting because we love it. We love going back. It's so nostalgic. It's so special. It's meaningful, um, part of our roots, but sometimes I will find that, you know, like right in the middle of all the up north stuff, on the lake for the whole day, making a campfire, catching fireflies, staying up late, sitting around with family, right in the middle of all that. Sometimes I will experience what I can only describe as like a profound loneliness. And some of you know what I mean. Some of the most lonely moments are when you are home and yet you're, you feel not fully at home. There's a particular ache to that sort of experience. What is that? What is that void that exists for like that home with a capital H that we long for from the deepest parts of our hearts We are hungry for this, like, mysterious thing called home. 
we will go all sorts of places, we'll spend all sorts of money, we'll be with all sorts of different people, we will do all sorts of different things, hoping to get a taste of home, a balm for that ache. What is that longing in our hearts? First of all, I think home is a place. I am struck by how in Luke's account about the ascension of Jesus, Jesus chooses to leave this earth from Bethany. Now, Bethany was not where Jesus was born, but it is a place of memory for Jesus. He found hospitality in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in Bethany. He raised Lazarus from the dead in Bethany. He received the gift of a woman's anointing shortly before his death. Where? In Bethany. This is the place where Jesus ascends to heaven. Bethany is like a place of blessing for Jesus. It's been a place of home. And so from this place of blessing, Jesus leaves offering a blessing as he goes. The scriptures say this, while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. Carried up into heaven. Our true home. The ascension is Jesus leaving this earth and going home. Now home is about a place where you belong. Even as we taste home in part on this earth, home is a place where you belong. It's a place to become yourself. It's somewhere where you go, and after having been out in the world with all your people doing all your stuff all day, you close the door and you open your heart. That is home. Home is about refuge and about roots. It's about familiarity. It's about fit. When you're home, you know which cabinet to open to get a coffee mug out. You know which drawer to open to find the fork and knife. When you're at home, you don't have to ask, like, can I open the fridge to get something to eat? You just do. When you're at home, you walk around, perhaps partially clothed because everyone else in the house doesn't care and probably is only wearing their pajamas too. I don't know how many of you uh, watched the TV show Frasier, but Frasier was a successful guy who lived in a fancy condo, and one day his, uh, he invited his dad to come and live with him. And all his dad brought when he moved in was his cozy, easy chair. Now, that chair was like lime green and held together by duct tape. It did not fit in with the decor. I mean, that's like an understatement. Did not fit in at all. And so Frazier decides to like buy his dad a new chair. Well, you know how this goes, right? His dad is like, does not like the new chair. He wants his old chair. He says, this new chair, that's not comfortable. Dad doesn't like the new chair, but it's more than physical comfort that his dad is referring to. Because that old chair, that was the one he was sitting in when his favorite baseball team won the pennant. That was the chair he was sitting in when he heard that Kennedy was shot. 
That was the chair he was sitting in when he first held his newborn son. It's much more than just the chair. The chair made Fraser's place feel like home to his dad because home is a place. It's a place where you feel this kind of comfort and belonging. But more than that, home is also people. Home is people. It's the people who shelter you with love. Home is not just a place. It's also people. It's interesting to me in our passage, Jesus is with his people. At the ascension, he's with his disciples. These people, are they are his home while he is on this earth. These are the people who are his home while he's on this earth. They're the ones that receive him. And home is people for us too. It's the people who receive you with love and forgiveness and grace and mercy time and time and time again. They're happy to see you even when you're at your worst. You know, Robert Frost described home this way. He said, home is the place where when you go there, they have to take you in. Even when you've done something wrong, or stupid, or hurtful, they still want you around. Home is the place where they have to take you in. It is not just a building constructed by sheetrock and two-by-fours. It is not just a cozy, easy chair. Home is about people and that sense of belonging and completeness that you get with them. I remember the summer of my 16th birthday. All of my friends were very eager to get their driver's license, and I delayed that and traveled with just under a dozen other high school friends to the middle of Bolivia, South America. We literally like flew into a grass runway and a six-seater prop airplane and stayed there for like two and a half months. And we uh, would work all day in construction, and then at night, it was actually, that was my first time out of the country, and uh, we would, you know, work all day, so humid, we would sweat like crazy. And then at night, we'd sit around in this mud hut, and somebody had a guitar, and we'd sing songs. And those people became like home for me for that summer. I just remember sitting there like, you know, aching body from the day of like moving heavy rocks and sweating from the humidity of the rainforest and just looking around at the faces of my friends. It was very special to me. It was a feeling of like wholeness and completeness and like I never want to leave this feeling. And here I was, so very far away from home, experiencing home in the faces of these friends. Because home is not just a place. Home is also people. And even though in that moment I was far away from home, I was home for a moment with them. Now here's the thing. These times of home are but a foretaste because they do not last. We long for them in the deepest places of our hearts, but we are not fully home. We live in a world 
not yet made right. And our hearts just keep drawing us towards that day when we too, like Jesus, will ascend this reality and join God in heaven. Look at this picture for a moment. This is Norman Rockwell painted this in 1954. He could just like capture a moment in time with a brush and canvas in an incredible way. He titled this particular work, Breaking Home Ties. You'll notice in this painting two people, presumably a farmer and his son, sitting on the edge of a dusty old pickup truck. The boy holding a wrapped present of some sort in his hands, maybe something from mom. The family dog knows something is up. His eyes are sad and his head is resting on the boy's knee. If you look closely, you see that the boy's suitcase has books stacked on them and it bears an emblem for a state university. It doesn't take too long to figure out that this boy is leaving for college. His face shows he's anxiously looking for the bus in one direction while his father stares in the other direction, perhaps back towards home. Rockwell captures for us the truth that for now, that feeling of, of home is always fleeting and temporary. Our world just does what our world does. Keep spinning and changing, things will change. People move on. Sometimes one person moves on with great anticipation and expectation while others are left behind. We are home but not really at home. It's true. Home is about a place, and home is about people who shelter us with their love. And I believe that most importantly, home is a person. The home we are longing for is a person, the person of Christ. Like God has made us for his company. And all these longings and wantings and restlessness of our heart, at their root is this longing and restlessness and wanting this desire to be with God. To be home with God. It's like in spite of our attachment to home, all the memories that flood in when we think about home, when we long for home, the deeper truth underneath it all is that our longing is for something and for someone beyond time and space. Like our own homes, no matter how lovely, no matter how fun, no matter how godly, They cannot completely meet the deepest longings of the human spirit. 
Maybe that's why theologian Reinhold Niebuhr said this, the human spirit is incapable of ridding itself of an abiding sense of homelessness. We are not intended to be fully at home here in this world because we're only temporary residents here like aliens and strangers. For now, we're living in a world not yet made right. And together with God, we're weaving together this fabric that is a foretaste of our eternal home. Even the best of homes leave us with a longing for our true home. You know, I receive so many catalogs in the mail. I like to call them discontentment magazines because they are pictures of beautiful homes. And when I see them, I sort of think like, oh, if I just like bought the things in this catalog and put them in my home, then maybe my feelings of discontent would evaporate, my discontentment magazines. But the home that we're seeking, like the home that we crave, the home that we need, it will never be one that we fashion. It has nothing to do with zip code or location or furnishings or resale value. And this is coming from someone who is like, Tim and I have moved like I think 13 times in 18 years of marriage or something like that. But the home we are longing for is found in a person. And yet, you know, we travel and we spend money and we work and we come to our relationships with this longing because we're homesick. We're homesick for our Heavenly Father. We're, we're homesick for our brother, Jesus Christ. We're, we're homesick for heaven. And here's the real miracle of all. God brings home to us. God brings home to us. Like God doesn't stand afar and wait for us to come to him. God moved into the neighborhood, like first in the incarnation. God brought home to us in the person of Jesus, born in a stable in Bethlehem. And then God brought home to us through the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next week. And one day, God brings home to us in the perfect, eternal home of heaven and until that day until then we are living with what Dorothy Day calls the long loneliness like Dorothy Day she is one who she filled her life with meaning and purpose and people and yet she acknowledged there is this long loneliness there is this ache inside each of us for our eternal home. And we live with it, and it never fully goes away until eternity. And the only partial solution to that ache is love. Relationships of love. Relationships that are built on mutual need, not fierce independence relationships where we are bound up with one another. And here's the thing, 
You can't have too many of those. If you have two or three, count yourself very blessed. If you don't have two or three, who are some out here that you might even just invite in a little closer? But the only partial solution to this ache, this side of eternity, is relationships based in mutual need, where we get bound up with one another. That is where God dwells, where two or three are gathered. It doesn't have to be 300. It doesn't have to be a 1,000. Where two or three are gathered, there I dwell. And one day, we will live in the fullness of that love that we get a taste of now. Those best moments of love, those moments sitting in a mud hut, singing with your friends, looking at their faces, feeling so complete and full and whole, one day we'll experience that in fullness. Right now, we experience it in part. The book of Revelations speaks to that day when it says this, Behold, God's home is with people. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his God, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. Where we belong is home with God. And since we cannot make it home on our own, God comes to us. He came to us in the person of Jesus. He comes to us by the power of his spirit. And so for a while, we have to be content here with him, living in a world not yet made right. But God has prepared a place for us that we will be with him forever one day. And only then will we be truly home. As we close, I'd like to share a poem with you. It's by Jan Richardson. It's called Stay, a Blessing for Ascension Day. I know how your mind rushes ahead, trying to fathom what could follow this. What will you do? Where will you go? How will you live? You will want to outrun this grief. You will want to keep turning toward the horizon, watching for what was lost to come back, to return to you, and never leave again. For now, hear me when I say, all you need to do is to still yourself is to turn toward one another, is to stay. Wait and see what comes to fill the gaping hole in your chest. Wait with your hands open to receive what could never come except to what is empty and hollow. You cannot know it now, cannot even imagine what lies ahead, 
But I tell you, the day is coming when breath will fill your lungs as it never has before, and with your own ears you will hear words coming to you new and startling. You will dream dreams and you will see the world ablaze with blessing. Wait for it. Still yourself. Stay. Let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.